Hello, you're listening to Hello Francis, a podcast for creatives and entrepreneurs seeking knowledge, purpose, and community. Brought to you by creative firm and solutionist agency, Francis Roy, every episode is recorded at our headquarters in Niceville, Florida. We're excited to share our lineup of guests, friends, and mentors, all willing to share with you their diverse wisdom and experience. So happy to have you with us today. Let's get started. Hello, you're listening to Hello Francis. I'm your host, Chantel Dedeke. And I don't know if I've mentioned this before. Actually, I don't think I've mentioned this before, but I'm a brand new Rotarian. I just joined Destin Rotary and I'm loving those guys. Shout out to the Destin Rotary. They're awesome. And every week, so we, we meet every Tuesday at 7 a.m. in the morning, but it, it's training me to kind of be a little bit more of a morning person. So I'm thankful for it. And every Tuesday we have a speaker. And this Tuesday we had an amazing speaker that I've known, but honestly, I think that sometimes you just need a reintroduction to not only what is wonderful and around you, like the people who are just amazing and are doing great things, but also kind of the causes that they are championing, put, you know, champions of and pushing forward. And so today I'm so excited that we have Diane Frazier with the Emerald Coast Science Center. She's the director of the Emerald Coast Science Center and she gave the most wonderful presentation on Tuesday. Thank you, Diane. Oh, thank you. So excited. Okay. So I know we're going to try to get through a lot here and I'm going to try to hush up so that you can um, tell us everything about everything that you're, because it was just, a there was so much, you know, I'm, I'm doing social media now for Rotary and I'm like, oh my God, I want to make sure I get everything in there. And you had this incredible book list and you were talking about museums and you're really talking about the science center, but let's start with as adults, we really need to reconnect our minds to the wonder of science. Can you set the stage and help us do that? So a couple things, and I and I always talk about this, is we need to think about science as an adventure. And there was that great quote by Edwin Hubble that's like literally as soon as you walk in the doors of the science center, that man explores the world around him using his five senses. And, and that's an adventure, that science is the adventure. And I think one of the things we that we have like just programmed into our head is that science has to be hard and it has to be dry and it has to be dull. But you know, every single day when you wake up in the morning, you do a science experiment because you get dressed, you know, and you have to collect all this data. What am I doing today? What's the weather like? Do I have to drop the kids off? Do I have something after work? And then you pick an outfit and that's your hypothesis. And you go through the day and how did that work out? Did I feel comfortable in what I wore? Did I make a good impression? You know, so science is involved in every thing that we do. Every time you make a critical decision, you're using that scientific method. And I don't know how, how fast we want to go through all of this, but so I'll sort of jump into some of my, my reading list and I'll, I'll go back and forth between some books here, but there's an incredible book. It's called lab girl. It's by hope Jaron and she is a PhD and she is a studies botany and she does basic science research. And in the preface of the book, she talks about a tree and she says, something along the lines of, look out your window. You probably see a lot of things that are made by humans, buildings, roads, cars, you know, she said, but 
look again and look at something green. She says, something green is something we can't make. But yet these things, they can reproduce, they can grow, they create their own food. And they do so much for us. They provide shade. They provide wood for our, you know, for our homes and our buildings. They help us to clean the air. They, you know, the rainforest is the lungs of the planet. And then she goes, look a little deeper at it. What color is it? Pick a single leaf and look at that leaf. Is it veined? Is it smooth? Is it rough? You know, how many leaves are on your tree? What kind of tree is it? How long has it lived? And she said, the thing of it is, is if you ask a question, ask a question, you're doing science. And it's that curiosity. If you find something that you're curious about, then that will move you to a different place. That will ignite your, your, your willingness to be able to be open and to learn something. And that will bring wonder. And wonder is something that I think that we have gotten away from. But if you can look at something and you can just be awestruck by it or, or just wonder about it and just go, wow, that brings joy. And after the year we've had, I think little small moments of joy are very, very important. And that joy can bring calmness and peace and it can, can make you look at things differently. And that just makes you a happier person overall. So I, you know, I always say, slow down a little bit, you know, and just think about it. So one of the things that I, I like to do is I gave you guys the periodic table. And I think that is like the kiss of death for some. I'm obsessed with that handout that you gave us. First of all, I love handouts. And that periodic table was just like, I want to blow it up and make it like a, like a piece of art in our office here at Francis where I'm obsessed with it. I love it. So, so that is my personal favorite periodic table, which just shows you what a nerd I am because I've looked at a lot of different periodic tables but that particular one underneath each element it tells you how that element is used in your everyday life and i think that's so important because we feel like we're disconnected from that periodic table and it was something we had to memorize in high school and so we hate it right i mean it's just it's awful it's the worst but if you look at it in a different way and if you look at that chart and you see oh my gosh i didn't know that iron is part of this or that titanium is, is this that's used in medical products. or So then you can get a greater appreciation for it. But what I always like to do, and I got this thought, this idea from a book by Bill Bryson, which is again, my all-time favorite book, A Short History of Nearly Everything. But he says in there, if you hold that piece of paper in your hand, that periodic table, you're holding everything that we know about the universe, everything that is made up, whether it's in space, whether it's the chair you're sitting on, the snack you're eating, the coffee you're drinking, everything is a combination of those elements. And I think if we look at it through that lens, then you're really going, oh my gosh, that's incredible you know, on this single piece of paper is everything that we know about everything. This is the entire thing that the universe is made up of a combination of these hundred plus elements. And so I think that that sort of gets you towards that moment of like, 
wow, that's, that's cool. You know, instead of like, oh, it's the periodic table, you know? (laughs) Well, you're passing it out. And I took a photo of you like passing out. It's a very cute photo. I'll send it to you, but you're passing out. And I was like, this is the literal coolest thing I've ever seen because it really does make science so relevant. I think we feel like you're either a scientist or you're not. We, you know, we do a lot of work for environmental groups and there's always Mm -hmm. this intimidation barrier that it's like, you know, we don't really contribute to environmental groups because I'm not an environmentalist, but do you live, you live in the environment, (laughs) like, you know, everything that you do is so deeply connected and we're so connected. I love a couple of things. First of all, the very first thing that you said, um, it's good to know that I'm failing an science experiment every day. And every day at the end of the day, I am like, oh, I've worn the wrong shoes today. So that is very interesting. I will, I will look at that totally differently from now on and begin to develop my hypothesis more intentionally. So that's brilliant. <laughs> that is super awesome. But, you know, we always say here because we hear a lot of people say like, I'm not creative. There are a lot of people in our field that are not creative, but then we always say, but every person is curious. Every single person is curious, even if you don't feel creative. And those things are linked. Like creativity stems from curiosity. And I think every, it sounds like what you're saying is everything stems from curiosity. And we're finding creativity in these small, tiny moments. Like those are the moments, the ordinary things, not necessarily the extraordinary because extraordinary is so fleeting. It's like, you might get one extraordinary event your whole life, but your whole life is made up of all of these ordinary opportunities. And we're missing them because we feel like they're ordinary. You're just like blowing my mind. (laughs) Well, I I love the the curiosity part, because I always, um, there's a famous quote from Albert Einstein and it's, I'm paraphrasing it, but it's something like, I have no special talents. I am just passionately curious. And there's a great story about a gentleman. He's actually a retired minister, lives in Australia, and he has found the most number of supernovas. And he's not a trained astronomer or astrophysicist. He has his own homemade telescope and he just goes out and sits on his backyard and puts his telescope out on his deck and looks at the night sky. So what I'm saying is that to that effect is if you, there is something that you are passionate about, you don't have to have the formal training in order to be able to make a contribution. You know, this guy finds ones that even all of these computer algorithms and stuff like that can't see and don't find. And he finds them because that's his thing. That's his jam, you know? And so that's what I say to people, find something that you're curious about and then, and then just go for it. I love that. And it's such a call to action, I think too, for adults, because we feel very comfortable doing this as children. We're very Absolutely. adventurous. We're very brave. And then something happened in our life. Like I remember the, and I literally, you're like triggering a core memory. For me. <laughs> I'm like core memory activated from your words. But I remember when I was in middle school, I got a chemistry set. You remember the chemistry set you mm-hmm. could get like at Walgreens or whatever. And I was obsessed with making the little slides, like finding things in my, in my house, mm-hmm. like weird things like toenail jam. I'm just like weird things. And you like put it in there and you would just be so curious and mm-hmm. you would never do those things as an adult necessarily, unless that was your job. So it's like some time between the time when you're discovering 
and the time where you choose a career, you're shedding all of these things that give you that wonder. And you seem to have that, Diane. Like, how do we do that as adults? Well, I love the word discover, because if you just talked about discovery, discovery brings happiness. Discovery brings joy. So just you have to just make it an actual decision and just get up and say, you know what? There is this incredible, fantastic world around me. What don't I know? What, what interests me? What did I see today that just made me go, huh? And how do I, how do I become more engaged in that? Reading, of course, absolutely reading. And it's, it's so funny to me because I'll talk about like, oh, we tried to have a science book club at the Science Center and I had one steady participant along with me. And there are so many fantastic science books, nonfiction, that are written so well. And here's the other piece of that. We are asked to make so many decisions today. A lot of the political decisions, a lot of you know, legislation and, and things like that are, are science-based. And, and we don't have a good foundation across all of these different disciplines and sciences. And so we're being asked to make decisions about things when we don't have any understanding at all. And it's not just us, the general public. It's a lot of the people that we have representing us in office. So I think if we, you know, dipped our toe a little bit into a couple of different things, you might find, you know, you don't care for history of medicine or you don't care for, you know, space or information about space, but you can find some sort of scientific field or discipline that would be interesting to you. And, you know, just get a group of friends together and, you know, like, hey, I'm going to talk about this and you're going to talk about that. And then, you know what? we'll have this great conversation and we'll educate each other as well. Cause we do that when we're kids. Yes, absolutely. We're like, Hey man, I love this. And you love this. Let's make a club. Like we don't make clubs. It's what we do make clubs, but um, (laughs) not science club, not chess club, but maybe we do. And I'm just completely unaware of it, but there are so many great, I, I was on your website this morning, yesterday as well. And um, I love your website because there's so many, there's so much information Mm -hmm. and, you know, if you go to learn and then there's a section for programs for adults, you guys have a book club, you have this cool event that you guys do on the science of beer, which is really cool. And I will say the last time I was in the science center, I did that little like learning pad thing. Do you remember I got the beer? Uh, Yeah. The small app. We still uh-huh. don't have that video because we were really obsessed. And <laughs> so we'll probably share, we'll probably share that. But Sword Secret of the Stars, you guys do a book club. We do planetarium nights. You have volunteer opportunities. So the Science Center is not just for kids. It's for adults. And we need to get our asses in there. What can we do? What What's what's your call to act? How do we get in there? Like, what do we... Okay, so I want to share... We had a Google review, gosh, probably about three weeks ago, and uh, it was a three-star review, so it wasn't awful, but the gentleman said something about, oh, hey, you can tell that they're they're trying to be really creative, and they do have a couple of really cool exhibits, and then he went on to say, but if you're from a bigger city, you might want to give this a miss because it's pretty small, mm. and I... Uh, well, I was really upset by it because I, I thought 
the small thing, right? Because I always visit museums every time I, I travel. I always go to science museums for sure, but I also try and visit whatever else I can see. So I thought about it and thought about it. I had to go for a run to calm myself down. But um, anyway, I, I replied to him and I was like, address some of his concerns. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to tell you that you should visit every single small museum you come across because a small museum exists only because someone is passionate about that subject matter. Yeah. They're so passionate about it. They wanted to create this place where they could talk to the world about it and share their energy and their passion and their knowledge with everyone. So that to me would be my call to action is Mm -hmm. when you travel, when you go places, visit museums, especially the smaller, the more esoteric, the more single-minded the museum is, because that's only there because somebody really cares. And especially after this past year, (laughs) you know, museums took a really, really big hit as a lot of them were closed. And I'm not just talking about our local museums, but I'm talking about museums across the whole entire world. So the American Alliance of Museums put out this survey and, and this was a year ago. So it's right at the beginning of the pandemic. And they're saying, okay, well, we have an estimate that up to 30% of museums may permanently close because a lot of people think that museums are just funded by the government or funded by the city or funded by the taxpayer's money. And that is actually not true. It's for sure not true in our case, but in most museums, have to get the majority of their funding through their admissions, okay, and field trips. So can you imagine for a museum what it's like if your largest revenue generator is completely gone for a year and a half? Because, you know, field trip season is that last nine weeks of school when they're done with the standardized testing and now everybody's going to go on a field trip. Well, that didn't happen in 2020, right? And it not a single field trip in the 2020-2021 academic year because schools just weren't letting kids leave. And they also weren't letting people come in. So where we would do programming that we take into the schools didn't happen this year. And, you know, all of that programming generates revenue. So I would just say, if you're out and about this summer and you got your kids or you're traveling to wherever you're going, look particularly look for museums and be sure to go to them because, you know, this is how we collectively pass on our cultural information from one generation to the next is through a museum and museums are great places for informal learning where you're learning, not by memorization or or writing something down in a book, you're learning by touching and doing and discussing with the group you came in with. So this is a great way for parents to get re-engaged, to reignite your curiosity in something you learned as a kid, to share your experiences with your child if you have a child with you. I particularly love when I see like a big group come in and they're maybe from, I don't know, Nashville, okay? And it's grandma and grandpa and it's, you know, aunts and uncles and it's like four or five kids of all different varying ages, That's something everybody participates in. 
everybody's sharing stories. Everybody has their own thing that they're particularly interested in and goes off and does it and comes back and tells each other about it. That's what museums do is they create this unique learning experience based on whatever subject matter the, the museum happens to be focused on. And we need that, you know, especially after this year, we need that connection. We need that ability to spark curiosity, to share our stories with each other, these multi-generational studies stories. So yeah, just go to a museum <laughs> and take your friends and family. <laughs> well, I, um, so our niece is in town, so we're definitely going to take her. She's obsessed with snakes right now. Like oh, awesome. Yes. Yeah. I took her to Turkey Creek and we saw a lot of moccasins out there. She was like obsessed. And the, the science center for 2021 was voted best in destined VIP mm-hmm. magazine, best place to take the kids. So that is a super cool. You guys have totally earned that. It's so in my mind, it is, so affordable. Kids are eight bucks and adults and, and seniors are eight bucks and adults are $10. That's it. And kids to and under are free. And you still give a military discount on top of that. And you mm-hmm. still give a group rate discount on top of that. And you can buy your tickets online. And like, it's such a fun thing to do, especially because I know people have households of kids right now. And the kids are like, I'm so bored. <laughs> there are really cool things to do with your kids and it really just like groups of adults. If you want to do that, you don't have to have groups of kids. You can have groups of adults, which is, I I would love to have like this re like summer camps for adults, outings for adults that we used to take as kids, you know, everybody goes, gets chicken nuggets. I don't know. I'm feeling so like inspired by this. We just don't do enough fun, adventurous discovery things as adults. We're like stuck behind our work in our life, you know? Right. And these, these things are activities like that are very freeing because you can, you can get lost in that particular moment. Mm -hmm. And then you don't have to worry about all of those other things because when you're making a new discovery, all of the rest of the, the world around you sort of falls away. And I think we all need to find some moments where we're not worried about how we're going to pay the next bill or, you know, getting the dog to the vet or, you know, or our kids or anything like that. But those moments of discovery, they belong to you and personally you. And that's something that you can do to, to your own moment of growth kind of a thing. And that's it feels really good. It's just like a little happy moment for you. Well, I love that. And this call was exactly what I needed this morning. <laughs> and I think everyone is going to feel that way when they listen to your episode and we're going to share it everywhere. We definitely want to, to get people to where they can follow you and they can follow the Science Center. How can they do that? Um, well, the easiest way to do it is to just go to our website, which is ecscience.org. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. And then I have to put in a plug for Sebastian, our tortoise. Because he, we've had him about two years now. He's about eight, nine years old. He weighs about 25, 30 pounds. We took him to smoke on the coast with us this past weekend. Oh, we saw him. He's yes. Yeah. So what we decided to do about this time last year, when, you know, everybody's kind of shutting down and everything, we said, okay, that's great. Here's Sebastian. He's so unique. He's so, everybody just loves him. Right. So we created that Instagram for him. He has his own and his Facebook. It's Sebastian in Action. And so we said, okay, let's take him to visit the other museums. And then that's like a twofold thing, right? So it's a little bit of a plug for us because he's our tortoise. And then also it's a great opportunity for 
to showcase and highlight the other museums in our area. So we have eight museums within Okaloosa County. And actually, when I get off this call today, I'm going to a museum's director meeting hosted at the Heritage Museum in Valpy. And so we work very closely together to try and promote each other and figure out ways that, you know, we can just promote culturally these things in Okaloosa County because everybody goes to a big city and expects there to be museums. And when they go to those big cities, that's something that's on their to-do list, right? Well, we have these really great museums right here in our own backyard. So we need to make sure that we put those things on our to-do list as well. And each one of them is unique in the the material and the subject matter and the type of exhibits that they have. But they will explain to you what connects us as a community. So it will go through our shared history of what it means to live and have grown up and worked and, and how Okaloosa County and Northwest Florida developed the way that it has, how we became what we are today and what direction we might be heading in and what our future might look like. And this is, this is a collective thing. This is a collaborative thing, right? Because we're all part of, of this area and all part of Okaloosa County. So Understanding where we've come from will help us to drive where we want to go as well. And so that's why I say, go visit these museums. You'll figure out, you know, why did we develop the way we did? Well, that's because of this, you know, because we used to have this turpentine industry or we used to do this or, you know, because of the influence of the military. So we will definitely get the list of the eight museums. We're going to link those in your. So we we actually have, it's called Explore Okaloosa. Okay. And it is the museum coalition that we work together with. We have a website. We also have a Facebook and Instagram under Explore Okaloosa. And this is, this is, this is how perfect our timing is. We had created these little puzzle pieces so that you could go to each one of the different museums, visit the museum and ask them for the puzzle piece. And then once you collected all the puzzle pieces, you could make this little thing. It's got the Explore Okaloosa logo on it and all of this other stuff. So we created them using our Glowforge at the Science Center and each piece belongs to a different museum and has their logo on one side. And so we delivered them to all of the museums, March of 2020. (laughs) Yes. So we were going to just roll out this program for spring break and last summer, like, Hey, go ask for your puzzle piece. When you go visit each museum. And then after you visit them all, you can put them together and you have this like little souvenir keepsake thing. So that's one of the things we'll probably be discussing today is how to restart that program and get that back together. But yeah. <laughs> okay, you'll help that you'll help let me know if there's anything that we can do to help you guys. Oh, absolutely. Yes. We're happy to share that. And it sounds like awesome. I just like to explore Ogaloos on Facebook. So when you guys are active there, I saw you know there's some stuff. And then when you go to Heritage Museum, wave because we can see their sign from my <laughs> Love those guys. And yeah, I love this call that we just need to go out and explore, make this puzzle and explore these museums. Mm -hmm. You let us know how we can do that and follow and and like Emerald Coast Science Center everywhere you can because they've got so many, you guys have got so much great information. But thank you. um, Well, thank you for this time today, Diane. And thank thank you for inviting me. Of course, it was a no brainer. Like I heard you ordering, I was like, Obviously, we've got to do this ASAP and <laughs> you were so flexible with your schedule. But um, so thank you for being our guest today. You're amazing. 
Thank you. I appreciate it. Of course. So you guys have questions for Diane. You know, you can email them to us. Hello at FrancisRoy.com and we will send them to her because chances are we won't know the answer, but we'll also link all of the ways that you can follow them. They have a really cool women in science conference coming up. Uh, I know I'm planning to attend and a couple of my friends we were talking yesterday, they're planning to attend as well. So we'll, we'll link that. We'll also give you the Explore Okaloosa links. We'll provide all the information on Diane's summer recommendations for reading, which is a really cool list. She shared a few of those today, but until next Monday, and I think next Monday we don't have a guest, but Hill and I and Anna are going to be talking about some fun things. You won't want to miss that, but go out there, do something, pay attention to the small things and find something extraordinary in the ordinary today. Thanks for being with us.